Welcome to the Strategic Scaling Podcast, where you'll get an inside look into how executives and business owners have scaled their companies to increase the value of the business and ultimately sell for a higher multiple. Well, hello, everybody. We have a really exciting show today with Abe Juarez in San Antonio, Texas. He's with MMC Concepts, and we have a lot of interesting questions for him. And um, I want to welcome you to the show, Abe. Great to be here. I'm excited to have these discussions. Great. We can't wait to hear you share. So um, I'm, I know you're in a contracting business. Um, so why in the heck did you start a contracting business? Well, on the contracting business, I'm third generation. So my granddaddy was a contractor. My dad was a contractor. Uh, my, you know, so I've always been in construction and engineering. I was in Austin working for a lot of engineering firms and architectural firms. And my dad had joint ventured with another uh, large company to go after some military contracts, needed my help. So I moved down to San Antonio and just basically started helping uh, him and his joint venture office, working with his joint venture partner. And really that's where the beginning of federal contracting was really in my life. And uh, I was mentored by this gentleman that had a lot of years of experience and uh, learned a lot. And eventually, you know, my dad decided to, you know, once the joint venture was done, um, I, while I was working for my dad, I started my own company. And uh, because I knew he was going to be shutting down pretty soon. So I uh, went ahead and just set up the business in 1998. And uh, about 2001, I went after a federal government certification called the 8A program uh, that the mentor and my dad been in the program. And it's a very, uh, uh, it's a business development program to help small businesses grow and get them ready to go out in the open market. So it was very, uh, it was very exciting for me, you know, uh, building the relationships with subcontractors and and doing projects for the military all over the world. I know, I mean, all over the United States. Uh, so it's 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 in my blood, I guess. That's that's why. Um, and ever since uh, I did my get my certification in two thousand one, um, and and that's where, you know, I give the advice to a lot of people that eventually want to have your own business when you want to have your own business. It's good to go work for a solid company and it's even better to pretend you're the owner and care about the company like you're an owner because all the work that these previous companies, uh, we were getting contracts, negotiated contracts. They weren't even competitively bid, uh, PowerPoint presentation negotiations. Um, well, when I went back to all these contracting officers and explained that I started my own business and I wanted to start building my business, well, they were always under the impression that my dad's business was my business. And so, I mean, to me, that's a great lesson for anybody starting, I think, is own your position. Like if you're an owner, a couple of things happen. Eventually, when you grow your business, when you start your business, you'll have the experience. Second of all, you'll help the company grow. And all it is, it brings wonderful, fast-track experience into your career. Right, right. I like how you mentioned the certification process. For a lot of minority-owned businesses, it could really be a boost, uh, sometimes a total game changer practically overnight. So thanks for mentioning that, too. So um, moving fast forward, how did you actually grow the business, Abe? 
So APCO contracting was my government contracting uh, business. And at the same time, uh, I started, I, I did a DBA company called MMC, which is Modular Moving Concepts, a service business that I started with some friends. Uh, they were out of jobs and we just started that business. Um, how did I grow my contracting business with the federal government was... Persistence was one because, uh, like me, I was going after these contracting officers. So were a thousand other contractors trying to do the same thing. So I had to stand out. And really, you know, to get an opportunity, I, I think the, the first opportunity I got with the National Guard here at Lackland Air Force Base was I was sitting down with these contracting officers and I'm like, hey, just give me one small job. Just give me one small job to do. And they kind of looked at me and said, well, we don't like that cabinet. I'll take care of it. So I did a quick design, gave them a price, negotiated the price, had the cabinet installed a week later. And after that, that particular agency continued, you know, $75,000 project, $100,000 project, uh, half a million dollar project, a million dollar project, five-year contracts, uh, may talk multiple award task order contracts. And really, I mean, how do you grow is by communicating, being honest, being transparent, um, never try to get rich on one project. Um, I was very transparent. I mean, all of my numbers were broken out, labor, materials, markups, insurances, everything. Um, I think transparency and then basically telling the government what I'm going to do and actually doing it. Um, I, I'm also, I was also up uh, some barriers because uh, 8A contractors at the time and probably still had this reputation of uh, really gouging the government and then not performing. So it was really tough to get federal agencies to give me opportunities. Uh, but that's really where it started. And then from that agency, you know, went in with the Corps of Engineers and did some projects for the Corps of Engineers, the local bases here. One of my biggest clients was a Department of Commissary. So when you talk about Department of Commissary, their headquarters was here in San Antonio at Lackland Air Force Base and still is. So that was my focus was to go in there. And once I went in there and got some work from them, small projects, I was renovating their offices. I was working on the commissary at Lackland, all the commissaries in San Antonio. And they always liked the work we did. And the next thing you know, we're going throughout the United States doing these projects on all these commissaries throughout the United States. They weren't large projects. They were probably about a hundred grand, but very profitable projects. Um, and uh, yeah, and and so that was growing. It was going great. We're doing you know larger projects, and then um, there was a. I used to work for a roofing company up in Austin, and this solicitation came out at Tinker Air Force Base. It was like a forty-three million dollar contract. And my view, it was just basically me in my office, maybe a project manager. Um, and it slipped me. I had a week and a half to submit. I did find a good partner, teaming partner, large roofing company that I used to work for. And, uh, we got together. I said, y'all get the pricing together. It was like 250 line items. And I put the technical proposal together. We submitted it and we got an award for $43 million. And this wow. was, yeah, this was a, a <laughs> huge deal for me. And the only reason I went after it was basically because when I read the solicitation, it said you're going to be doing about eight million a year, and I hadn't done eight million a year, but I'm I knew I had the bonding capacity, 
to be able to put it together and get the bonds and perform. Well, they were so excited when they when they were so excited when they called me and they called me before they awarded it to tell me how excited they were based on my technical proposal, past performance, and my teaming partner that she told me, get ready. It was awarded one day and the next week we were doing probably $6 million of work. I mean, we went, looked at all the sides, we put numbers together, we negotiated it. And within the, yeah, we, I mean, it was, it was just fast forward. My bonding company was concerned because it was a lot of good work that I was getting. They flew down here just to make sure it was real because at this time, everybody was going down and I was going up. But yeah, we performed. It's the same thing. Transparency, responsiveness, communication, quality work. And in, in federal contracting, you can put the roof on, but if you don't do your paperwork properly, you have failed. <laughs> so, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I really love the epicenter of this success. Just one cabinet. <laughs> Just, one, Just cabinet. one cabinet. You know, yeah. that is yeah. amazing how Just you did that. $350 cabinet, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so how did you change from working with some of these larger federal government projects and, yes. um, you know, evolving your business? Well, I mean, it, it, are you talking about growth? How, mm -hmm. how do you control the growth? Well, you know, again, it, it's systems, processes, uh, accountability, um, making sure, you know, I always said it's never about this project. And sometimes people didn't understand that, you know, it's about the next mm -hmm. project. It's like, we have to excel here to get the next project. Um, and, and that's what we did. Right, right. Yeah. And then there are a lot of environmental changes completely beyond your control, especially when you're working with various government entities, right? So oh, talk absolutely. to me about, yeah, talk to me about some of the, um, the ones you've experienced in the past that were the most challenging. Oh, I'll tell you what, right now, uh, you know, yeah, I've got so many great stories, but you know, what's happening right now that the government's going to be shut down. I mean, what that means is there's no money. And that means if you have an invoice in with the government and they're shut down, you ain't getting money. You're just not going to get any money. So, you know, nobody accounts for that. Um, you know, and other environmental factors that affect you, no matter how good you think you are, the things that kind of just come up one day, such as COVID. I mean, COVID was 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 horrible for companies that were doing well and companies that were doing bad. It, it didn't matter. Uh, you know, interest rates going up, uh, banks shutting down, not wanting, wanting to work. Right now, the banks are very tight. They, they don't want to adjust. So no matter how good of a job you do, I think COVID is probably the best example of it was very unfair uh the way it was handled and a lot of businesses suffered and i saw a lot of friends of mine lose their businesses and uh you know it put us in a tough cookie too but we went after all the money we could uh ppp and the ercs and everything that's out there all the resources that were out there and it's amazing because there was so many friends of mine that had businesses that had no idea this money was available and how wow. easy it was so right. right very critical at that time yeah. So tell me two examples of things you've done to really radically uh, change your strategic growth plan, you know, like midstream. 
Well, I mean, the, the, the uh, you know, the aid code contracting part with, with, you know, military construction, design build, electrical projects, road projects, renovations, new buildings. I mean, that I really didn't have to do much other than take care of the money I was making, because when you do federal contracts, you have to bond them. And bonding requires cash. It requires, you know, equity. You have to have money to support the bonds, such as the roofing thing. I mean, we did forty. We did the forty-three million in four years. I mean, it was just insane. And the biggest stress I had was if I don't bond this job, they cancel my entire contract. Not only do I not get that one task order, but they terminate the rest of the contract because I can't do bonding because of financials, right? So you have to take care of your money. Um, it's not a time to go buy a boat and go take vacation trips and, you know, just wear silk clothing and stuff. I mean, I've seen it all with buddies of mine that have gone up, down, back up and back down, never learned the first time. Uh, so that, 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 as far as growth, I mean, really that just, it, it, I, all I had to do was stay on the horse. That's all I had to do, stay on the horse and I'd be fine required a lot of travel, a lot of work. Um, I was a hands-on guy too. Uh, the first jobs we we're doing with the commissary, I was out there at two o'clock in the morning with a spud removing flooring, working with my guys. I mean, I'm just a hands-on kind of guy. Now, when we talk about strategic growth with MMC Concepts, which is my service business, that's what we've been working on since last year uh, when we had to do a complete reset and decide, and decide we got to get back. You know, before COVID, did about two million without even trying, and we've been sitting at eight hundred, which means losing money, inefficiencies, and and it was either shut it down or grow the business. And I was going to shut it down last year until my son, working for Dell, graduated from college, reached out to me and said he wanted to come and learn business from me. So now all of a sudden, you know, where I had a plan on how I was going to shut it down and move on, uh, now it was about paying off debt and uh, investing more money. Uh, to be able to cash flow the company back to health. Um, and really, the amount of growth that we've had, we started last year, <clears throat> it was about two months of sales and marketing, and then I did a complete reset last year by December. My office procedures, my soft, new software, new positions, lanes, procedures, all that was in place this year, January 1st, 2nd. I'm out here with the field, you know, taking care of the... The, the dispatching, uh, fixing the problems in the field, which the main problem I saw was the culture. There was no culture in our field. Um, everybody was virtual. Everybody, uh, we have our monthly meetings now, and I got 27, 28 guys focused on whatever I say, and it's just turned into a very positive thing. Uh, the other thing to scale, it was, you know, now about two, three months ago when I felt comfortable, let's go get work. You know, we do the, we do the, so be the email blast and the this and that and, and all that's fine. But I had to stop for a minute and say, I believe I've got so many customers right now that once they find out what this company is now, they'll want to partner with us. They'll want us to do all their work. And to me, that's more cost effective and faster to get us there. And that's what really scaled us this year was going to exist customers where I have this one furniture dealer that I called her in and said, you know, Darlene, you just, just let me do all your work. Just give me more. I don't want to do hourly work. Give me projects so I can do them 100% for you, which she did. 
And the next thing you know, she calls, she calls me in, she comes over with her folks. We have this conference for about an hour and 45 minutes and she wants to partner and inform me that she's let go of all of her installers, all of her people. She got rid of all of her trucks. She got rid of her estimator, her project manager. We do all of her projects. And that is a huge scale because she has a lot of connections with the military government and with the state hospital, University Health Hospital here. We just completed a $100,000 move for them and in about a week and a half. And the lady at the University Health, which is the main lady, was so impressed and told her, I've got 11 more moves like this, but I'll give them to you only if MMC does the move. Yeah, but I mean, it's about being involved, right? It's about being there. It's about asking. And then about about 45 days, about 60 days ago, we now I felt comfortable. I went after a city contract for a moving. It's a five-year moving contract. And, you know, technical proposal, it was probably about an inch and a half thick. Um, I put it together. Uh, I put the pricing together. <clears throat> and Friday, this past Friday, we had our last interview. Well, our first and last interview before going to city council for award. I mean, that's a five-year contract, you know, which is which is going to bring a lot of extra work to our, our business. And again, my son's with me. That's the most beautiful part about this whole thing. That's really great. Again, just from one cabinet. <laughs> and you were working more with the federal government, and now you're working with more state or local, which yes. is a change as well. So, well, But I continue doing work for the military. We have... We have a BPA blanket purchase agreement with Wilford Hall Medical Center. It's the hospital down here. We've had that contract for 14 years. It rebids every three, three years, I believe. And we always get it awarded to us because they just love what we do. Joint, right. ba joint right. base San Antonio, which is basically the squadron for all the military bases. We've maintained uh, BPA contracts with them also for about 10 years. So we're always on the bases working. So we're working for private, now city county, state, and federal. So it's a nice diversification because sometimes, as I've seen, some of these markets dry up. Like sometimes when we're slow, everybody else is slow. For the first time, my customers are like, man, we're slow. I'm swamped, you know, because we're going out there and asking for the work, which we've never done before. The other yeah. thing I can tell you is if you go look, I've never spent a penny on advertising at all. At all. Everything's word of mouth. Everything has been organic growth, uh, controlled growth. Um, so I'm not a big believer in, in, in spending a lot of money on advertising. I feel like, you know, you ask for the opportunity, you do a great job, and, and it continues. We have customers at MMC that we've had for 24 years, 23 years, you know, 19 years, 18 years, 15 years. Um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. A lot of repetitive work, too. You know, it just continues all these customers continue giving us work every weekly. Sounds like you have a lot of high integrity and strong work ethic, not just with yourself, but now infiltrated down to your son, Nico. And, yes. you know, I think you described to be some changes in the staff as well. So um, let's talk about some advice that you gave your son, Nico, about military operations. So yeah. tell so me it was on that. It was very interesting. Like I said, he came on board last July. We did two months of sales and marketing. I realized I don't want any more of this work. This company is so bad. No wonder it's losing money all the time. So I stopped him from doing sales and marketing. 
in, in August, we started the complete reset in the office. And I'm talking about some people didn't make it. I had to let go of my, my bookkeeper had been with me for 20 years, but she couldn't keep up with what I needed to be, what needed to be done. Everything was so antiquated. It wasn't funny. Uh, so now the task starts and I've got all these different departments and procedures that I got to put together. And so, you know, you have to work one department at a time. You got to figure out which is the easiest, put it in place and not really even implement too much on it. And so probably in November, uh, we're in the middle of this and he just, he said, dad, I need to talk. And I said, what's going on? He goes, that I just I don't know I don't know what's going on I'm 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 not liking this and and I mean he was he he looked like he wanted to give up and he's a fighter he's an athlete he's a jujitsu guy and he's a very strong-minded person but it was overwhelming for him uh, for me I've been through worse people are like how do you deal with this well you have no idea where I've been right I've been through a lot worse so um, you know I looked at him I said look son here's the deal right now. We're at war, but we have to win the battles. And the battles is fixing receiving, is fixing estimating, is fixing project management, scheduling, dispatching, field, invoicing, collections. Those are all the different battles. Once we win all the battles, you'll see we'll win the war. And from one week to the next, once we put everything together, you'll see and you'll be amazed. And sure enough, Probably about three or four weeks later, that day came and he just walked in. He's like, Dad, this is like a completely different business. I just I'm just so excited now. And again, you know, you think about a 23, 24 year old trying to find his position, you know, in the office. Uh, but he's very comfortable right now. Uh, he loves his job. We just did a one year evaluation a few weeks ago. He got a substantial raise and and, uh, you know, he's looking forward to now. Per our agreement, he's got two more years where we start considering ownership, where he didn't want the ownership before because he wanted to start his own business, uh, which I support him with that, cash flows and business plans. But now he's realized that this is his future and and this is where he's going to make his million dollars, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was it. It was just very strategic. Um, but again, you have, you know, it, it's like, going to war for and you're deployed for the first time you're hanging out with somebody that's already done 15 missions you know i mean <laughs> you just follow the lead and that's what he did right. right that's super exciting that you're able to bring nico on board and show him the ropes and thankfully it looks like he's respected you and was able to succeed and you know i think probably the most interesting part for me is that you had to walk him hand in hand through these painful processes. And um, that's not easy for any business, no matter what. So congratulations. Well, and, and, the, and the father-son relationship too, you know, I mean, I, I had to give this a lot of thought whether I wanted to do this because, hey, I, me and my dad, we didn't talk for a couple of years because stuff had happened. And that's my that was my biggest concern, bringing him on board. But, you know, we talked about it. We wrote everything down. We have our mutual understanding how we're moving forward. And, before he came on board, I, I had that mutual understanding that we agreed to. And last year, that's when he's like, I don't want any of this business. I don't want this business, Dad, because it was bad. And he's worked there in the high school and summer and college summers. But but now, 
you know, so I said, fine, you're breaching our agreement. That's fine. Let's build this business and we're going to sell it. And he goes, that's all I want to do, Dad. I just want to learn business and help you make money. I said, okay. Now we have our evaluation. And uh, my last question to him was, okay, son, so before I can move forward, I mean, what do you want? Right? Because it's all about what they want, especially if they're your kids. What do they want? It's not what you want for them. That never works. It never works because it's not their idea. And he goes, well, Dad, to be honest with you, can we go back to our original agreement? I said, oh, so now you want ownership? He goes, absolutely, Dad, I, I do. I said, good. We're back to our original agreement. We'll always refer to that. But keep in mind now, I'm going to demand more from you. I'm going to expect you to act like an owner. I'm going to expect you to be there more than 40 hours. You're going to be tasked with more things. I'm going to change your mindset of where it's at right now because there's the employee mindset and the employer mindset. And, and you know, I can already see him going there. I feel in two years from now, he's more than ready where I'm not needed. And that's my goal. Absolutely. Now that's legacy. That's really legacy. And that's when it gets very exciting. You know, tell them, this company has been around for 25 years, son. You're 25. When you're 50, you'll have a 50 year old business, well-respected and, and who knows where it's going to be, but you're bringing in the fresh breath. I'm, I'm 59, you know, I'm like, we heard a lot of folks at the seminar the other day. Uh, yeah, the train doesn't move as, move, moves as fast as it used to, you know. That's what <laughs> <they said. laughs> well, that's an interesting point. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's circle back around. You talked about cleaning up some messes, which happens in every business, whether it's a million-dollar business or a hundred-million-dollar business or more. Um, so who advised you about your financials? And as another part of that, what did you learn along the way? So financials, interesting story, right? Most business people don't know. Most small businesses don't know how to read financials. I mean, there's, you know, when you have 95% of businesses that are small business, there's a lot of little guys that don't, that don't understand financials and how crucial they are, as I didn't when I started. And, you know, when I started my little service business before my construction, there was no bonding required. All of a sudden, this bonding thing comes up and I'm like, well, give me your financials. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything. And, you know, I wasn't going to go pay somebody. So I got online and I found this really small book and it was financials for dummies. And uh, <laughs> seriously, it was it was the best. It, it was the best because everything was black and white and very simple. And and it was easy to read. I'm not a big reader, but um, I, I read it several times. And then I went and looked at my financials and I asked some questions and that really help me understand how important financials are. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people that I know that are business owners and one particularly I just spoke to the other day. I mean, his, 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 his salary out of his business, you know, he probably makes 350,000, but probably two thirds of that, they're write-offs and they're not even legal write-offs. And I'm telling him, you can't do that. You know, you're going to get caught and all of that is going to turn into income. And then you're going to owe Uncle Sam a lot of money. You're never going to catch up because they're worse than hard money lenders. You know, they're that's horrible. a tough deal. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, when I created MMC Concepts two years ago, that was the number one focus was to have very, very clean 
uh, financials, especially because when my son says we're going to sell, well, we're going to sell is fine, you know, uh, but, but we had to maintain those clean financials. Now, the, 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 the bookkeeper, she was with me for 20 years, but I never really had control over my financials. You know how these bookkeeping people are. They're, they're just with their nose down and they're not very personable people. And, and she was just angry all the time. And as much as I hated to let her go, it probably one of the best things ever. Um, because again, we're updating everything. Um, but, uh, certainly a lot of challenges, on resetting a company. I think the hardest part was when you reset a company, you're like, okay, this is bad. I got to change everything. Well, you're not starting a business. You're actually resetting a business that's operating while you're doing this. So it, it's going to take you time. It's going to take you time to get where you need to get to. Uh, but there's sacrifices involved. And as an example, this is what owners do. Like this year, I looked at what I think I could do, what, what was going to happen. And I told my wife, I'm like, we're not, you and I are not drawing no paycheck from MNC Concepts. We'll figure that out after I fix everything, after we close the year and we take a look at the performance, you know, the overhead, the gross profits, um, you know, and look at our balance sheet to decide, okay, what can it afford next year? So it's baby steps right now, little, little, little at a time. But I can tell you, I finally, I finally, all year, I have not looked at my financials until about a month and a half ago because I had a good feeling. I didn't want to know. I already had all the bad news. I was reminded every day how bad everything was but by things that I had to fix. But a month and a half ago, I'm like, okay, I know. I want to look at them now. And when you look at my P&Ls, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It's just an amazing transition what's happened. But, you know, I'm there. That's why. This is a company that I was never there. I was there maybe a week, I mean, an hour a week. And I let other people run my business. And that's where things just went bad. Um, everybody really appreciates me as the owner involved daily doing marketing and sales. My staff enjoys me being there, my, my, my crew. Uh, it's just a whole different company right now than it was a year ago. We're so excited about, you know, growing it. Right. And I think what was really interesting is the tough, painful decisions that you had to make. But oh, yeah. you knew what you had to do and you were able to have the courage just to stand up and execute all of that. And that's executing strategy, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a nice um, way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's the tough <laughs> execution of strategy. <laughs> yeah. so, no, it is, it is, but you have to believe in yourself, right? And you got to, you know, you, you, you got to make it happen. And, and you can, it's just, it's tough. And, and still, you know, a little bit of struggles here and there. But for the most part, we're, we're in a very proactive mode again. You know, when I had my construction and I was doing all this military, everything was proactive. There was the, right. I, I was on top of my customers, on top of the problems, I, you know, and, and, you know, react, you know, when you're proactive, it's so much better than reactive when, when you're, and that's all I've been doing last year was reacting to the problems that we had that I had to fix right now. I'm looking for problems to fix. They're not slapping me in the face every week, you know, 
That's a lot better than, you know, working in it. You know, when you get to work on the business, like Michael Gerber talks about in his book, you know, the E-Myth Revisited, very yeah. much working on it. <laughs> yeah, working on it. I mean, and that's true because, again, I mean, a year and a half ago, I was 75% retired and I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. And, and so to me, it was a blessing that my son came around, even though it was painful to invest all that money and have to pay off. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a small business that when I was over there fixing it, I got hit with a, I lost a very large customer because we lost about $70,000 worth of their product. And that's a lot. And that was probably due to theft out of my warehouse. It was probably due to the, my crews probably taking furniture to job sites that they don't belong. Who knows? Right. But what do you do? I made it right. I mean, I made it right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I paid them off. I knew I knew I was not going to have their business anymore. And I apologize. And I explained to them this wouldn't have happened if I was here. I'm here. I'm fixing it. And I paid them off, lost their business. I'm almost close to reaching back out to them to ask them for another opportunity because I don't like losing customers. I like keeping my customers. I had another customer that kind of the same situation, but only twenty five thousand dollars of product. But we continued working for her and we never got paid until she until they paid themselves back. But she's a mm -hmm. huge customer of ours and we love her and she loves us and, and we continue to grow. I mean, people make mistakes, uh, but my, my, and I take full responsibility for everything, not only my decisions, but my people. Right. It's, right. At the, at the end of the day, it's me. You know, it's nobody else. So you were able to put your ego on the shelf and solve the problem, you know, have a little bit of pain there again with having some lost product, uh, which is a big responsibility. And then having, again, the courage to go back to the oh, client yeah. and say, hey, look, can we work this out and continue to do some business together? Because, you know, you're high integrity uh, long term. Yes. Sounds like. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that doesn't even account the possible $25,000 of labor that I spent trying to find the product in our warehouses. Mm. You know, it, was, it, wow. was just a it was a disaster. Well, you know, business, there are challenges that come up in any business larger or even to the enterprise level, you know? Yes. So um, it's kind of like a puzzle, like a game in a way. And it's pretty exciting overall. It is. Uh, it is. I mean, when we're in the middle of it last year, I, 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 my, my analogy was, man, this company's like a, an octopus. And just when <laughs> I think I got all the all of the, all of their legs and one one just pops up and hits me in the head you know it's like yeah, i gotta grab that one too you know and hold it tight and hold it together i think that's why entrepreneurs come back at it just because we love the challenge right oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah <laughs> in my younger days i was a serial entrepreneur i've had so many different businesses i mean i had a karate academy i had a deli i had a bike shop i mean just all these little businesses you know which you know it leads me to one of the things I did want to talk about as far as advice, you know, for people that are starting their business. And, and I have had friends that I try to talk them out of it based on my experience is, okay, I made my money with military contracting and I invested in real estate, commercial and residential. But then I decided that, you know what, there's somebody out there doing this. I can do it. If they're making money, I can make money because... Your passion when you're young is money. 
You know, it, it, it's not what you're doing, but money. And later on in life, what you find out is you're never going to succeed if you're doing it for the money. You know, you have to have that passion. And again, the passion when you're young is money. And, and just like I said, I've had all these other little businesses. Well, you know, most of them were disasters, right? I mean, but guess what? I could afford it because of the money I made with my government. Now, what I, my advice is don't do that. I mean, if, if you want to do more business and make more money, do more of what you're doing because that's where you're successful, right? You can't make money here and decide I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab 150 grand and go start this business, you know? And then all of a sudden, I mean, one day I realized that I was only giving 20% of my time to my five businesses. How do you do that and be successful? You got five businesses, 20% times five is a hundred percent. And that's when I started just shutting down businesses and cleaning my plate and just going down to the ones that I truly enjoyed and was really good at. So, uh, yeah, don't don't decide to go open up a, 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 a an ice cream shop. You know, if you're a, a, you have a welding company, just don't do that. You know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think people are the most successful when they're like you said passionate about one thing and that's what we like at strategic scaling we love to work with minority owned businesses in the middle market and help them scale their businesses and um yeah uh, one thing i had on the very last question is what's the biggest key to your success abe you know i mean first of all you got to be born with it right there's people that are born to be entrepreneurs and there's people that are not and then there's people that they think they are. Uh, the background I came from was working with my grandfather, working with my dad, and work ethic. Uh, I was learned work ethic at a very young age. Um, I, I mean, I remember my father taught me how an axe works. <laughs> and, you know, go clean, you know. Um, so success, I mean, I, I feel like you have to ask. I feel like you have to be honest. I feel like you have to be transparent. I feel like you have to communicate a lot and you got to stay on top of your thing on, on top of whatever it is you're doing. Um, you know, and having the right people. And I think like what I see at, at MMC right now, and I had at APCO contracting, I had a bunch of mini me's and, and, you know, you have to get your, your team and your staff, to think like you, to have the concerns you have, to treat customers the way you treat customers, um, being respectful all the time, and calling sometimes customers just to say hello, not do you have any work, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think being responsible, uh, really focusing in on bad decisions or mistakes or problems that have grown, addressing them, understanding why it happened, and Right now, I can tell you why is MMC successful? Well, because we have processes in place. We have standard operating procedure. One of the most important things is I have all of my folks in the office in their lanes. They're in their lanes, which before I was there, they were all over the place. I mean, it was a great team and they did a phenomenal job without me being there. But now everybody stays in their lane and now as, as, as it took a long time for me to explain to my folks, you have to correct your customer. 
your customers, Mr. Estimator, Robert, your customer should only be asking you for a price and you give that price. That's it. Once it's accepted, you hand it over to Nico and Mike. You have nothing to do with that project anymore. Now, Mike is responsible. He's a warehouse manager, so he's responsible for the product. Now, Nico's a project manager. Well, he knows that we have this project, but he knows he doesn't have to worry about it until Mike confirms that we've received all the product. Once Mike receives all the product, then it's handed over to Nico, and he reaches out to the customer and does the scheduling and does the dispatching and does the paperwork and gets, and once he gets the paperwork in, he fixes it, then he hands it over to Katie. All Katie does is payroll and invoicing. That's it. Correct. You know, it's just about building a team, right? It's, and I tell, I tell them it's about communication, right? Communication. I've always been a stickler for communication, starting with my construction. My focus in my meetings was always over communicate because we all are really bad at communicating. So if you're, if you focus on over communicating, we might understand each other. And right now that's what we continuously do because like I tell my folks in the set in my office right now, it's like in our process of emails and information, provide all the information that's needed. If that happens, you all never have to talk. And if you do, it could be about your dog or your weekend or a dinner. Have fun, right? Let's get our system together. Let's be very efficient. And I'm not saying you can't talk, but that would be the goal, that you don't have to reach out to the estimator and ask him a question about a job he did. It's all in the email. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think, I think honesty, hard work, you know, transparency, communication are big, big ticket items. Right, right. And you mentioned before about mistakes. <laughs> yes. yes, mistakes. And, and, and at the end of the day, as long as you make more, you know, you have more, uh, more right decisions than bad, you're going to be okay. But the bad ones exist. And those are the ones that I feel make you more successful if you do learn from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was really interesting. And sounds like you have a lot of systems put into place and you've got your son on the team, Nico, which is super exciting again, that you're able to uh, be such a great trainer and mentor for him. Yes. So want to wrap up by saying thank you so much, Abe, with MMC. And we wish you a lot of excellent results moving ahead with your company. Thank you so much. And the same to you. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you.